feel, I feel like we're on a talk show. Thanks, Roots. <clears throat> you know, this, this morning's been a little interesting. Um, we, uh, so I, I, I drove up the, the, the truck to go get the trailer. It's stored over by Marketplace. And I pull up, <clears throat> and the whole street is blocked off. Uh, because of uh, Dino Dash, right? So Dino Dash is a, a great 5K. It's like, I think it's like a one-mile 5K, 10K run. Actually, the team got there at 3.30 or 4 o'clock this morning to help volunteers. So there's, there's a team serving uh, the city today. Uh, if you're like, I wonder where someone was, they might be at Dino Dash. Um, so I pull up, and I'm just like, there's a U-turn only. There's a cop sitting there. And I was like, hey, I need to get right there. That's where our trailer's at with all of our church stuff. And he goes, you can't. It's like, awesome. Awesome. I'm going to go to this parking lot and try to figure out what we're going to do. So through a series of events, got a hold of the race director. The mayor was going to bat for us, texting people. And I'm like, I'm like Mayor Clark, I need your help. So she's texting people. So anyways, we figured it out. We got set up a little bit late. And, but all that to say, as I'm sitting in the parking lot, uh, texting the elders going, Pray. Uh, we, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do today. Uh, it's, it's not even acoustic stuff. We don't even have the, the acoustic stuff. Uh, it's just to be, we'll hang on a Facebook chat. I mean, so, uh, but I was just sitting in the parking lot. You, you realize how much you value something when you lose it, right? When you think you lost it, I'm like, oh, what am I going to miss today? And what I missed wasn't like hearing me speak. You know what I mean? What I, what I missed was hanging out. And what I really was like, oh, sad about was hanging out afterwards. Uh, the team has, has done a lot of work preparing, you know, outside and, and the, 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 like the festivities for fun. We're going to talk about why we're doing that. But man, just, I just, just really appreciate you guys and really appreciate community. I think COVID's taught us that uh, in-person community is really important, really important. So all that to say, happy Halloween. Uh, happy Halloween. Today's sermon, Famous Last Words, are gonna, I'm going to try to make it shorter uh, than normal to give time to hang out afterwards. I know. I, when, I, when I grew up going to church, I feel like the pastor said, in closing, like five times, you're like, seriously, man, like, shut it down, land this plane, you know? Uh, so I'm going to try to go shorter uh, <laughs> so that we can have time to hang out afterwards. Don't be in a rush to leave. And even the productions team, anybody on Teardown, worship team, uh, let's not be in a hurry to tear down. Let's hang out for a bit, build community uh, so that we can, yeah, learn relationships and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, what's so funny is, you know, when you say happy Halloween, that's something I never heard in church. I don't know about you guys, I literally never heard happy Halloween in church. We had, you know, happy Easter or Merry Christmas for sure, but never uh, Halloween, right? There's almost a sense like Halloween was like Satan's birthday, you know, you don't celebrate Satan's birthday. It's like this, it's dark, it's slasher films, it's gore, right? It's, it's all this kind of stuff. And, and maybe you're like, I didn't grow up going to church. That's weird. And maybe you're on the other side where you grew up in a church like that where it's like, no, no, nothing near. Like the church I went to, we didn't watch rated R movies except for Passion of the Christ. That one got a pass, right? So a lot of you guys are like, yeah, that was us too. Uh, we didn't listen to secular music, uh, which if you don't know what secular music is, it means n- anything non uh, Christian. Right, there's some gray areas, like what is Bach? You know what I mean? Is that it's technically secular, right? What about like an instrumental soundtrack of a movie? My, my big thing I got around was, uh, I used to love Beastie Boys. I still love Beastie Boys. But they had like this instrumental uh, CD. It was like, is it secular? Is it instrumental? 
oh, Jesus only knows, you know? So, but we, it was that kind of stuff. And so if we weren't watching radar movies or listening to second music, we definitely were not celebrating Halloween because that would be too worldly. So we went to harvest parties and trunk or treats and dress up in Bible costumes, you know, all the, all the fun things. I remember I had this, uh, this mask that I had, a, I had two outfits, one for church, Halloween, uh, or church fall party, and then <laughs> one for, like, hanging out with my friends. And my favorite uh, one I had with hanging out with my friends was this, uh, it, was a, it was a mask that had a pump in your hand. You guys remember this one? And it, like, had, like, blood that flowed over the mask. You know, just good uh, Christian fun. And so, loved that one. But today, I, wa- I want to give us a framework of, of, of how to look at Halloween. Because <clears throat> I realize all of us come from different uh, walks of life, different church experiences. And one of our hearts for voice is to create a diverse community. And what diverse, diversity means is you're going to sit next to someone who had a very different experience than you, a different, very different perspective than you, a different worldview than you. And that's, so we got to make sure that we're, we're all talking about our own experiences. So I realized that around something like Halloween and faith, there's some of us that are like, who cares? I watch Saw and it's no big deal. And there's other of us that are like, I only wear Bible costumes for, you know, Halloween. And or there's others that I literally, I, I was just talking to someone the other day who's said their family, they just literally just pretended like it didn't exist. It's Halloween just did not exist. And that's not to make fun or whatever. I can make fun of my experience. I think it's hilarious. Uh, me and my therapist talk about it. Uh, but the... But I want to talk about how do, how do we look at Halloween? How do we reframe this? How do we look at this? What's a, what's a healthy Christian kingdom-minded perspective? Like, what, what is, how does Jesus look at Halloween? And how does, how does he want us to look at this? Because sometimes we can look at it through such a temporal lens or a cultural lens, and I think God is, has it from a totally different perspective. So I want us to go through what we just call the three R's, because when it's three R's, you remember things, right? Like when you were in elementary school, you learned about conservation, right? Three R's of conservation. Con- not conversation, I don't even know what three hours of conversation would be, but conservation is what? Reduce, reuse, recycle. You remember this, right? You probably learned that decades ago for some of you guys, many moons ago, but you remember Why? Because it's three hours. Three hours of education, do you know those? These are ironic. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. A little ironic that two out of the three don't start with R for the three hours of education, right? <laughs> Writing, okay, you get a pass. It sounds like it starts with an R. Arithmetic, come on. <laughs> it's like you're reaching a little bit there. But anyways, but you remember it. Even again, decades later, why? Because of three R's. So we want to give you a framework that applies not only to Halloween for today, but hopefully will help you reframe how do we approach, look at things that may not completely align uh, with us. Because you know, people think that we live in a Christian nation. We've never lived in a Christian nation. We never have. And I don't think we want to. I don't think that's a good thing. That's a whole other thing to unpack. But if, you, if that's true, then you're going to be around situations that aren't Christian. They're going to say happy holidays. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Not everything, not everyone around you believes what you believe. Not everyone in this room believes what you may believe. And that's okay. There's beauty. You belong before you believe that you can believe different things and we can still align around a few central things. So how do we, how do we frame, I gotta, I gotta hurry. How do we frame this? Three R's. You can either receive it, you can either reject it, or you can redeem it. 
You can receive it. You can reject it. You can redeem it. So we'll go over these briefly. Receive it. It's exactly what it sounds like. If, if, the, if there's like a front door to your heart, that door is wide open. Anything can come in. Literally anybody. Like, I don't know about the neighborhood you live in. We don't leave our front door wide open in the middle of the night. All right? We wouldn't just say anybody can come in, you know? So what this does is this allows everyone and everything and every influence to come in and we end up looking just like those who don't follow Jesus. We do the exact same things as everybody else. This posture says, receive it all, wide open door. Watch all the movies, listen to all the music, do all the same festivities and all the same, the ancient way to say it wouldn't be festivities, it'd be the same rituals as everybody else, the same festivals as everybody else. But there's an important biblical principle, and it says in Proverbs 4.23, and it says, above all else, Above all else, go to church. No, I don't say that. Above all else, tithe. Above all else, listen to Christian music. No, no, what does it say? It says, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. If you do nothing else, guard your heart. Why? Why? As a kid, I would always ask why, right? A lot of us did. Why? For out of it, everything you do flows from it. Everything you do, everything you say, when you play a board game with someone else and you get ticked off at that other person, it's not that person's fault. There's anger in there. Why? Why? Whatever grows, whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever comes out of your mind is because there's something, there's a seed put in there. So guard your heart. Guarding means you're on alert. You're expecting opposition. You're, expect, you're not just chilling. You're not the rent-a-cop sitting next to you know, the, the corner store by Cinnabon. You know, knowing nothing's going to happen today. No, no, you're on guard because you know something may happen. The ancients had a belief that it wasn't the exterior things that caused sin. It wasn't what you did to me that caused me to sin. It wasn't my circumstances that caused me to sin. It was what's inside of me that causes me to sin. Right, we don't have time to unpack that, but James would talk about how what causes the wars and strife and arguments among you. Isn't it what's going on inside of you? So guard your heart because that determines your relationships and your conversations. But it's easy to leave the front door open, isn't it? It's easy to just open the front door, watch everything, listen to everything, do everything everyone else is doing. But then what happens? What happens is when lustful thoughts come up consistently in our hearts, we wonder why. Why does anger flare up more often? How come discontentment? How come I just can't be content with what God's given me? Why is, why is jealousy of my neighbor or this person, why is that showing up more than usual? And I want to challenge you, are you guarding your heart? Are you allowing the seeds of that stuff in your heart that then fruits into lust or anger or jealousy? Things are getting in. Things are getting in. So, if you take the posture of receiving everything, the door is wide open, then there's no discernible difference between those who follow Jesus and those don't. And you can't change the world if you're just like it, right? So if that's true, then receiving can't be God's heart for us. That can't be God's posture for us. The second one, rejecting. If, if receiving was just open door, let anybody in, rejecting is the opposite. Rejecting is this three-foot thick bank vault steel door with a moat around it with alligators with with archers on the ready ready to boycott anybody that doesn't align with your values 
right? Like, this is, you're ready to cancel, whoa, hey there, uh, ready, we're going to beatbox for a little bit here, uh, ready to cancel anybody. This is the Christian communities that create communes outside of town because we don't want to be of the world. We don't want to be worldly, so we're going to create our own little islands of culture, our own little, our own little Christian ghettos, right? Boycotting anything that doesn't align with it. Well, the problem with this is, you know, they'll say things like, we're not of the world, Taka. Yeah, but the problem is that Jesus said that we are the salt and the light of the earth. We'll read in Matthew chapter 5. It says, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? What good is salt if it has lost its flavor? You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, obviously. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Salt and light. Salt and light. Salt was meant to preserve food and to give food flavor, right? Back in the day, they didn't have fridges, so salt would preserve the food. And actually, any of you guys that are big into cooking, you know salt flavors food. Not only make things salty, but by adding salt, you can taste other flavors, Right? The, th- the things that you really love, the, even the things that you don't maybe realize has salt in it, like bread or even ice cream or sweets, they have salt. And that helps you appreciate the other stuff. See, life was just simply better with salt. Life was safer with salt. And Jesus was saying that our presence should make our communities better. People should be glad because the Christians are at the event. People should be glad because the Christian is on the panel, because the Christian is the boss, because the Christian moved in the neighborhood. People should be glad when the church opens up near their house. They should be glad because they're going, life is better when they're around. Even though I don't agree with them, I am thankful for them. See, but here's a question. How can salt make a difference if it's not in contact with the food? Right? How can salt preserve the meat if it doesn't touch the meat? How can salt make the thing taste better if it doesn't even touch it? And how can Christians make an impact if we're isolated, if we're not around the culture? Light is similar but different. Light helps people see, obviously. I know Captain Obvious here. But it also brings comfort in scary times. It actually draws people in. You know, one of of the things our family loves is, it's kind of weird, is blackouts. You guys like blackouts? Um, like nobody, right? It's weird. <clears throat> what happens with blackouts is at first it's kind of scary, right? And then we light candles. I don't know why our girls love lighting candles. As long as we put them out so we don't burn the house down. Um, <clears throat> we light candles. We like play board games. We hang out, right? We light the fireplace. It's, it's good memories. But see, when the lights are out, it's scary. Like if all of us uh, were like transported to a uh, like you open your eyes and it's pitch black. We're all in this room. We can hear each other, but it's pitch black. Everyone would be quiet. Everyone would be still. Everyone would be uh, kind of like scared. I don't want to move. I don't know what's around me. We're just going to like just like frozen, right? What happens if someone just lights a candle in the middle of the room? Someone just pops on a cell phone light in the middle of the room. A few things happen. One, we'd all notice. Impossible to ignore. Right? So actually, the darker it gets, the more a dim light stands out. So you may go, Taka, I'm not a very bright light as a Christian. I'm kind of a dim Christian, to be honest. Great. 
then you know what the darker culture gets? The brighter your light looks. The more of a difference. So light makes everyone notice. You can't ignore it. But also what light does helps you navigate the room. If the light started in the middle of the room, we, don't, we feel more comfortable to like, okay, I can, I can take a few steps. An interesting thing will happen too. This will happen with animals, with bugs. It'll happen with us too. We all start to gather around the light. That there's community. Before long, we'll be telling stories and learning names around this cell phone light. Community naturally happens around light. This is what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to gather people, to be a safe place for people to engage with their faith. During dark times, we've had some dark times the past year and a half. The church should be a place where people feel safe, not a place where people feel argued with, feel combative. Should be, should be a place where people feel, right? Just, that we can build community and we feel safe and it's okay to disagree. And go, man, why do you believe that? That's nuts. Yeah, well, you think what I believe is nuts. Sweet. That's fine, right? Look, how can, how can light make a difference if it's hidden? And how can the church make a difference if it's hidden? How can we make a difference if we're exempting ourselves from every conversation and every group and every gathering that doesn't align with us, boycotting XYZ organization because they, whatever, didn't act like a Christian because they're not Christians? Shocker. We can't, the church has done a terrible job of expecting non-Christians to act like Christians and allowing Christians to not act like Christians. Right? If someone is not a believer, I have no expectation of them acting like one. But what I do expect is for those that follow Christ to act as if that's true. Right? So you can't change the world if, uh, if you are just like it, but you also can't change the world if you are not in it. So rejecting can't be God's heart. Third option then is to redeem it. Redeem it. Not to receive it openly, not to reject it, but to redeem it. Some questions to consider is how do we lean into the time and place that we're in? How do we lean into the, the current reality in 2021? The craziest, I thought 2020 was, you know, when it was over, it's like, whoo, 2021. Keeps on bringing the hits, right? So I, I'm, I'm hoping for 2022. But how do we lean into the time and place that we're in right now while honoring God? How do we use a short time that we have on this planet? Decades. It's short. There's rocks that are way older than us. Like we're not here for very long. We're here for a blink of an eye. James compares us to a mist. Here today, gone tomorrow. That's what God thinks of our timeline. Right? How do we use a short time we have on this planet to make a positive impact, to point people to Jesus, to bring hope? So with this, there's two questions that drive us. The first one is this. What can we focus on? In the middle of all the negativity around say, Halloween today, in the middle of like so much weird stuff, so much weird history, I get it. It's crazy, right? But how can we focus on the good things that would show Jesus values? How can we focus on, what can we focus on to show Jesus values? And secondly, how can we use the temporal to point to an eternal value. How do we, how do we use a temporal to point to an eternal? Let me just give you kind of a silly example. 
Joy is a Jesus value, right? Galatians 5, through the Spirit, love, joy, peace, right? And then the rest. So joy is a Jesus value. So one of the big things for us around Halloween, around any kind of festivity, really, how do we bring joy? How do we bring joy? So one of the things that we do is we dress up, and we'll keep dressing up long after our kids stop dressing up. So let me just show you a few of the um, outfits that we uh, have had over the years just to make you feel better. So go ahead and pop the first one up. See if you can, get, can you guess who this is? I mean, it's us, but I mean, like, who we're trying to be? Yoko. Yeah, Yoko and John Lennon. Yoko and John Lennon. I, I think it's like a spitting image. It looks silly. Seriously? Google a picture of John Lennon and Yoko. It's, I'm prettier, I think. Okay, next one. Uh, so this is, what is Brooklyn? Oh, Gravity Falls, Mabel, Kai is Pikachu, uh, Natalie is the bird from Up, and I'm Kevin, the Asian kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, you get it? Okay, next one. Oh, Russell, not Kevin. Russell's the bird. Kevin's the dog. I was Raul. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Spartan cheerleaders uh, from SNL. Uh, yeah, anyways, next one. That's one I didn't have hair. Uh, I'm actually in the monkey costume. Kai is a banana. This was her idea, uh, mind you, and it was really weird to go around the neighborhood like that. Uh, next one. Obviously, uh, Superman, and then Natalie's a Frappuccino for <laughs> some, some reason. Okay, next one. Okay, you know who this is? Close. Uh, it's not just Bob Ross. I'm holding a boba cup. It's Boba Ross. Boba Ross. All right, a little groaner. Okay, next one. I think this is last year's. All right, so uh, obviously uh, Wayne and Garth. Yeah. So we do these for three main reasons. One, you can, you can take them down. Uh, <laughs> one is because it's, it's joyful. Like, it just, you can't help but laugh because it's stupid, right? It's, it, it brings joy. Secondly, you're making memories, right? You can look back at, at it's, it's fun. Thirdly, Natalie makes me, right? So, like, that's, that's, like, that's a legit I didn't think of any of those. Literally, Natalie texted me, you want to be like A, B, or C, and it doesn't matter what I choose, she's going to decide. It's going to come in the mail. This is who you are this year. So this year, we're going to be Tiger King and Carol Baskin. So I apologize ahead of time. So look, we bring joy. Like, we're not, gonna, we're not dressing up with gore and guts and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying just think through it. Think through it, right? Have a filter. Don't just have the door wide open. Don't just have the door shut uh, like an iron vault, but have, like, have a filter, have a screen door. Let some things in, some things out. Be intentional about it. Don't be, you're never going to drift to where you want to be in life. You're never going to drift to being faithful to Jesus. It always, always has to be intentional. So just be intentional about it. That's all I ask. Um, we want to bring joy. One of the things that we do every year, we've talked about this, is we, um, especially now, we just moved into a new neighborhood in Santa Ana, so we're really excited. I actually told Nally there yesterday, I was like, I cannot wait to meet all the neighbors tonight. So um, we're going to have like this, uh, we always have a fire pit, and we have s'mores, and we have put up like a bed sheet and a projector and play like DreamWorks Halloween movies kind of thing. Um, and we have like candy for the kids that are all about quantity. They just want to get their stuff and get out of there. So we got stuff for them. But then we have s'mores for people that want to sit down 
and make us more and hang out, right? Build relationship. Well, before next door was a thing, we actually set up a Facebook group and said, here's a link to the Facebook group for the neighborhood that we created. Just a way for us to connect. If you need anything, if you need someone to bring your trash cans in because you're on vacation or whatever, or if, you know, we, we know, we, like we, we would paint the neighborhood sign because we felt like it was getting old. Just that kind of stuff. Every year, one of our neighbors would say, you know, because there was snow, they would say like, hey, um, you know, snow's about to come. Does anybody need help getting their snowblowers ready to go for the winter? All in that little, it's just fun stuff like that. All different faiths, agnostic, atheists, but we were building community. So, but we started that. That sparked every year at Halloween. Because that's, again, it's the one time that all your neighbors come to your house. And Christians have been doing this. This whole idea of like redeeming and uh, redeeming a pagan idea is not new. Did you know there's a couple times, Paul, you know, Paul who wrote a majority of the New Testament, Paul actually quoted, there's two times that he quoted um, some pagan authors. And there's scripture now. That's a whole ironic thing. Because he quoted them, there's scripture now. Like, you know that verse that says, in him we live and move and have our being? That was a pagan author's saying. That is now scripture. It'd be like if a Drake lyric was in Ephesians. Right? I'd be like, what? It'd be the craziest thing. So here's the thing. How did Paul know those lyrics, in a sense, the poetry of the day? Because he was a part of the culture. And he redeemed the culture and pointed people to Jesus through it. One of the, you know, as Christians, a lot of times we celebrate Christmas and Easter. Some of you guys are like Christer Christians, right? You're Christmas and Easter Christians. And let me give you a little background on Easter and Christmas. You know, Easter started as a pagan festival of the spring equinox. Equinox is simply, uh, it's the day in the spring where there's equal parts day and night. Equinox. Right? So it was around the German goddess of the spring that was honored. And the, I'm going I'm to butcher this, but the, the name of this, this German goddess was spelled E-O-S-T-R-E. Eostre. Eoster. Maybe German. I don't know. Tim, you're part German. Oh, you're not? Okay. Chelsea German? There you go. Close? as eh, whatever. <laughs> E-O-S-T-R-E. Easter. Something like that. That's where we get Easter from. Do you know what her symbol was? A rabbit. A rabbit. They would, they would like get eggs and decorate them. Not just like steal people's eggs, but they would like get eggs, decorate them as a sign of new life happening soon in the spring. Sound familiar? They had all sorts of like messed up rituals too, right? But they did all this stuff. And then Christians absorbed a lot of these traditions, reframed them, redeemed them, gave them new meetings. And now I don't think anyone's going, oh, man, I'm painting this eggs to this, you know, to a, this German God of fertility. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one thinks of this stuff. We think family. We think memories. Christmas started as a pagan ritual around the winter solstice because it was, the, it was the, December 21st. It was the longest day of the year. As far as, long, I'm sorry, the longest period of night of the year. And then the night was slowly received. So they started celebrating that. It was called Saturnalia. It was a month-long hedonistic celebration. And the whole Roman culture would be turned upside. Google it. It is crazy town. Like they would, they would turn up the social order so there was no more social order for a month. It was crazy. But one of their traditions is 
is they would take these trees and then branches and they would decorate them to like liven up their homes in like the long, dull winter. The church began to do that too, took it on, and they would do what they started celebrating what they called the, the Feast of the Nativity. Spread to Egypt in 432, spread to England in the 6th century, eventually made its way to uh, all across Europe. Interesting fact, when, when the settlers came uh, to the, what we now is the U.S., uh, the, there's so much German influence in that first run that they brought their pagan uh, rituals as well around Saturnalia. And they would decorate trees. And it was a big, it was a big deal. So, so much so that the Puritans said, in quote, the trees were pagan and heathen mockery. Isn't that crazy to think about? In 1659, the General Court of Massachusetts made a law that's saying that celebrating Christmas, not Christmas trees, celebrating Christmas was illegal because Christmas was a pagan holiday. The only thing you were allowed to do on Christmas was go to church. No decorations, especially trees. If they saw a tree, you'd get fined. So what happened? As the story goes, there's a Benedictine monk named Boniface that cut down an evergreen tree that was being used in a pagan ceremony, a pagan ritual, and he claimed the, the falling of the tree was the falling of the pagan symbol, and he reframed the, the symbol of the tree. Instead of to represent Saturn, the, the god of agriculture, he reframed it as a triangle celebrating the Trinity to be used during the, 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 the feast of the Nativity. So now when you think about Easter, now when you think about Christmas, you think about the central values of Jesus, right? Even outside of the Jesus story, someone who's never even been to church, only walks, watches, you know, Hallmark movies. You don't think about ceremonies. You don't think about ritualistic sacrifice. You don't think about trying to appease Saturn. You think of Jesus values. Again, even those that don't go to church, you think of Jesus values. You think of love, community, generosity, relationships, family. Like this is what we think about. Why? Because Christians re refuse to just receive openly. Christians refuse to re rebuke it, reject it. But the Christians instead decided to redeem it, to reframe it. And so ultimately, this is the Jesus way. This is what I, I want to challenge you to do with Halloween. Don't just receive it. Don't just reject it, but redeem it. And ultimately, this is the Jesus way. This is the Jesus way. Compared to God, all of us are full of sin. All of us are full of darkness, right? All of us. On our best day, Paul would say that our, our righteousness is filthy rags compared to God. So on our best day, compared to God, we are full of a whole lot of junk, right? But he didn't reject us. He saw that there was good. He saw that we could be redeemed. He saw that we could be restored. And so he used his authority to restore us. And this is what Jesus does. And this is what we do. We don't open the receive. We don't isolate and reject. We redeem. Right? And part of that is to have fun. Part of that is having joy. Right? So I'm going to do one pray. We're going to uh, sing one last song together. And then we're going to have fun. Again, please do not be in a rush to leave. There's like uh, caramel apple stuff. You can decorate pumpkins. There's going to be a scavenger hunt for the kids or adults, I guess, if you want to like go on a scavenger hunt. Uh, just don't push any kids down. Uh, 
please eat all the candy uh, or take it with you um, because I'll eat them for the Lord if you don't. Uh, that's not a win for anybody. But please don't be Have fun. Have fun, please, okay? Build, build some relationships. If there's people you don't know, introduce yourself, okay? Uh, God, we just thank you for, um, for what you taught us. That you saw good in us. And you restored us. You redeemed us. You sacrificed so that we could be what we can never be on our own. God, I pray, would we live with that same kind of mission, that same kind of love and others-centeredness? God, would those in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our friendships, would they see us as full of your love? God, we just want to represent you well. God, I pray, use us even tonight and this week in our, in our uh, families, in our neighborhoods to reach people that are far from faith, not in a uh, brow-beating kind of way, but God, I pray in a really compelling way that you would help us to build relationships, help to build bridges from our hearts to other people's hearts, and maybe one day they would ask you to walk across. That one day they would trust us enough to invite us into the dark spots of their hearts. God, I pray you would use us in those moments. We just thank you for it. We just want to make the world um, more the way you want it because we're here. And ultimately, we want to use our energies to populate heaven. We thank you for it. And God, we just pray we have a blast today celebrating here at church and then even the rest of the day. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet and sing us.